I've got another story to read for us today for our boys and girls. Boys and girls, if you want to come down front and join me here, we've got the Lord's Supper table in the middle, but I think we can fit around here somewhere. Let's see. Yeah, so if you're a boy or a girl and you want to come down front, and if you're an adult and want to come down front, well, that might be awkward, but you could be coming down front too. <clears throat> our story today is called The Tiny Star. Yeah, so you can sit on the steps or you can sit down there. And the interesting thing about all these stories that I'm reading is these are imaginary. They're made-up stories. Somebody used their imagination. So this isn't really what happened, but it helps us to learn things and to think about things. Because the point we're trying to teach for all the adults to pay attention to today is about how God can change us. And if we... Do what Jesus says and what the Bible says, we can be changed for good. And so we're using the idea of the tiny star here to help us see that. So let me get to the right page so we can start. Now, you'll notice that today, Miss Karen worked really hard to make it look real nice so all the adults can see it on the screen. If they can't read the words, well, they can listen to them when I say, but you guys can look here with me, right? So a very long time ago, there was a tiny star named Starlet. Now, if you'll notice something different about Starlet, her top point kind of tips over a little bit. She was so small, she could hardly be seen, and the other stars were much bigger and brighter than Starlet. I mean, I look in this picture here, and I'm like, where in the world is Starlet? I can't even see her. She's hiding. Well, oh, you saw her? Okay. All night, when people looked up at the sky, they saw the big, bright stars, but no one ever saw Starlet. I don't know. Do you see her on this page, Ben? I can't see her. She's hiding somewhere. Is she on there? They can't see her because she can't shine her light bright enough. You're correct, sir. So one night, Starlet asked the other stars if there was some way that she could twinkle and sparkle like them. She wanted to do what you said, Ben. But the stars just laughed and said, oh, no, Starlet, you're far too small. Starlet felt very sad, and she began to cry. No one ever sees me, she said. I wish I were bigger. Later that night, the wise old moon looked over at Starlet. See, here's the moon, and here she is. She's so small. Why are you so sad, he asked. Because, said Starlet, I try to twinkle and sparkle, but I'm the smallest star in the sky, and no one ever sees me. See, there she is, talking to the moon with her little tipped hat. Don't be sad, said the moon gently. How big or small you are is not important. Someday, somewhere, someone will see you. But when, asked Starlet, the moon smiled and said, someday, somewhere, and he went on his way. Hmm. Yes, it is the moon. Many years passed, night after night, Starlet shone, but no one ever saw her. Then one night, Starlet began to fall down from the sky. <gasps> I wonder what's going to happen. Down, 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 she fell. Starlet landed gently on the roof of a little stable. Everything was dark and quiet. The only sounds she heard were those of animals. Then Starlet began to hear a baby crying. Starlet looked inside the stable and saw a newborn baby lying in the manger. Remember, this is imaginary, but it's still fun. Oh, she cried. 
This stable is so cold and dark, perhaps I can shine enough to brighten it up. So there's Starlet in the manger. And so Starlet moved a little closer to the baby. When the baby saw Starlet and felt the warmth of her gentle rays, he began to smile. The more the baby smiled, the brighter Starlet shone. The whole stable glowed. It was a miracle. Well, I'm going to finish the rest of the story at the end of the sermon. Thank you, boys and girls, for coming up and listening. Yeah. We're going to find out what's happened at the end of the story with Starlet, but I bet you you can guess because you know some things about the Christmas story and the star that shines so bright. (laughs) And if you're an adult here, we'd invite you, if you don't have uh, your printed bulletin with an outline in you, to go to Version, the Bible app on your tablet or your phone, and you can find the notes there as we consider the idea of being changed. We're using Starlet to help point us to light and dark, a typical Bible theme that Jesus used in his preaching, that John the Apostle used in his writing, and that we see even in the prophecies of Jesus. So we're going to start today, and we'll skip our scripture memory verse for sake of time, with our first point, and that's the ones in need of change from dark to light. Everyone. Everyone who's ever lived needs a change from dark to light. Because in the biblical imagery, not unlike our modern day iconography, the good guys wear white and the bad guys wear black, right? And there's a difference between light and darkness, uh, between righteousness and sin. And so God uses that imagery even in His Word. And so when we look at Isaiah 60... And Isaiah was written about 600 years before the time of Christ, as Isaiah the prophet was speaking to the situation then, but also speaking to the situation to come. Look at what it says there in verses 1 through 3. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah is using this imagery of light and dark, that the world was a dark place. The people of Israel were suffering at that day and time as people suffer even today. And in this poetic way, in verse 2, he announces a royal coming, that there's going to be a king that's going to rise and his glory appear over you, and other nations will come to you because of who this king is, and what this king does. If you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, the great prologue to the Gospel of John. Remember, the Gospel of John is slightly different than the other four Gospels. The other four are called synoptics. They have a single view, but John's Gospel was written later and written for apologetic purposes. And look at what it says there in John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you get the idea now that the Word is a person. That Word is Jesus. Verse 2. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. 
From the Old Testament in Isaiah, from the New Testament in John, we see that the world is in darkness and sin, struggling with unrighteousness, and that God has a plan to shine the light of His righteousness, and that plan is coming through Jesus. John recorded later where Jesus said of himself in John chapter 12 and verse 36, he says, while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of the light. In verse 46 of John 12, Jesus says, come as light, whoever believes in me, not darkness. God uses the idea of light and the imagery of light to teach us that we need to be changed, that all people at all times, that all of us have sinned and all of us need a Savior, but that we can be changed from dark to light, from bad to good, from sinful to righteousness, that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Your second point on your outline is the one who will change dark to light, Jesus I mean, you saw this one coming already, right? You knew who it was because we read that in Isaiah and you know the Christmas story. So we're going to go back over to Isaiah, but this time Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, where another scripture, Isaiah uses light and dark to point us the direction. It says there in verse 2, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. In poetic language, Isaiah is describing the Savior. If you were to read verses 3 through 5, you'd see this imagery of increase, of provision, of faith, of freedom, of peace that God is bringing through this promised Savior, this light that would come into the darkness. But then verse 6 and 7 we're familiar with. I'll try to resist singing it to you. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and in his kingdom, establishing justice and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus. We have these identifiers of Jesus, a child that would be born, but the government on his shoulder, a wonderful counselor, being able to do something that others can't. Mighty God, he has power unlike no one else. The everlasting father, even though he's the son, he is as a father, the prince of peace, and the government will be on him. The one who will change light to darkness is Jesus. Let's go back to the Gospels, but this time to Luke. Because Luke as well in his Gospel records in Luke chapter 2 in a passage of Scripture that is familiar to us as part of the Christmas story. Whereas Jesus was presented at the temple on the eighth day after His birth, as was the custom of the Jewish people, Simeon, an elderly man, a prophet, took him in his arms, and he praised God, and he said there in Luke chapter 2, verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, he's saying of himself. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. 
Simeon as well points to the fact of who Jesus is. That Jesus is a light for all peoples. And He's glory of God through the people Israel for all peoples to see. Jesus is the one who will change light to dark. Jesus is the one when He was born. Jesus is the one a hundred years ago. Jesus is the one today. Jesus is the one forever. He will save anyone who asks Him of their sins. Let's move on to the third point in your outline. The third point is the ones changed, sharing the light, Christ followers. That's us. If you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, then you are one who has been changed. And you should share your light. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men, so they may see your good deeds, the things you do, and glorify your fathers in heaven. But we have two scriptures here to consider, both of which John wrote, one in his gospel, John 3.19 and following. When John says, this is the verdict, light, and your Bible like mine probably capitalizes that light because it's talking about Jesus. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because of their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. In a poetic way, John describes what we see happening, isn't it? The people, we don't have to tell them they're sinful. They know they're sinful. We don't have to tell them they're wrong. They know they're wrong. We don't have to tell them they're bad. They know they're bad. All of us know that because of the innate sense of justice God gave to every person who ever lives, whether no matter their religion or their upbringing. But the Bible describes it for us. Why? And then verse 21, it says, But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. A life with Jesus turns the light on in our life, teaches us right from wrong, guides us in how to live. Let's look at a final scripture this morning. That's towards the very end of your Bibles in 1 John. John also wrote these brief epistles in 1 John chapter 1. He follows some of the language that he's used in his gospel. And there it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. We've talked about Jesus' light. Now John is telling us that God is a light. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, He makes a difference in your life. We have two questions to ask. How have I been changed by Jesus? How have you been changed? What difference does Jesus make? Is it a difference that is every day in your life, or just when you get in a jam and you need Him? Is it a difference that is moment by moment in your life or kind of a compartment I put him in? I have my quiet time in the morning or in the evening. The rest of the day, I just kind of do it my way. But this is Jesus' time in my life. Or is it all the time in my life that he can bring you peace, that he can bring you hope, that he can bring you joy, he can bring you wisdom, he can give you direction and discernment and everything that the Bible promises because you walk moment by moment with Jesus. But it begs the question, How have I been changed by Jesus? What if you haven't? 
What if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord? You can do that even today. What if you've wandered away from Him? You can confess and come back to Him even today. I need to finish the rest of our story for us because we've got to see what happens to Starlet next. You remember we left her in the stable and it was glowing and it was a miracle, our story says. And it says, as Starlet grew brighter... She began to rise up and up and up into the sky, higher and higher, brighter and brighter. Starlet was now the brightest star in the sky. Whoa. Did you hear that, boys and girls? She used to be so dim, nobody saw her. Now she is the brightest star in the sky. Everyone saw the magnificent star. This was the moment she had wished for. And on that special night shining over the little stable in Bethlehem, Starlet was the most beautiful star the world had ever seen. Wow. Again, boys and girls, it's just a story. This isn't real what happened. But it helps us see that Jesus can change any of us. We've got a final question. And that is, how do I live that change? As a believer in Jesus, how do you live it out? What difference does Jesus make in your life? He wants to make a difference in your life. Do you allow him? Let's pray together. God, our Father, we've sung these songs that remind us of your goodness and the coming of your son, Jesus, in Christmas. And this Advent season. And we have before us this table and the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper which also reminds us and points us to who you are and what you have done, but also what you will do. And it's our prayer with humility and confession that we would confess whatever thing we need before you today. Ask you to cleanse us of all unrighteousness that we might receive this juice and this wafer, symbolic of the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, in a worthy manner that brings you glory. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.